We present Genius, Einstein a cum cum. Here is your host, Dave Gorman. Hello, I'm Dave Gorman and welcome to Genius, the show all about your ideas. Every week, myself and a celebrity guest dissect various plots, policies, plans, inventions, schemes and scams, all sent to us by you, the Radio 4 listeners, in the hope that amongst them there will be that rare quality, genuine cast-iron genius. We receive thousands of emails at Genius HQ, but if I can, I'd like to take a moment to address one particularly persistent correspondent. Bob Dallas, if you're listening, please stop. <laughs> In the last three weeks alone, we have received 477 ideas from Mr Dallas, and every single one of them already exists. <laughs> Mr Dallas, you cannot claim the sandwich toaster, dice, Finland, frog spawn, charades, sunglasses, playing cards, female pregnancy tests, and by the way, what other sort are there? <laughs> Boats, DIY the acronym, DIY the concept, <laughs> Donald Duck, low-fat milk, brown sugar or robots as your own. <laughs> of course, we have received plenty of original ideas and to assess their potential, we obviously need a guest of proven genius and I'm delighted to say that we have just that. If you want evidence of his genius, you need look no further than Martine McCutcheon's autobiography, released in 2000 when she was just 24. <laughs> My guest helped Ms McCutcheon to write that book. <laughs> and I think it takes a genius to realise that if you're going to help someone write their autobiography, help a young person. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the host of Channel 5's The Right Stuff, the genius that is, Matthew Wright. Now, we know you're a genius, Matthew, but uh, have you had any genius ideas of your own recently you'd like to share with the group? Um, I've had a few, yeah, I have. Obviously, I live in London, which often poses me with the problem of where am I going to park my enormous gas-guzzling car? And uh, at the same time, I also reflected on my childhood interest in origami. And origami <laughs> enables oriental people to create fish and birds out of paper. So I thought we could use origami to create car parking spaces where there would be no other room. I don't know if you read it in the papers recently, but we're nearly there with teleporting. Are you with me? No. <laughs> if there are two cars and there's just enough room for a piece of paper, right, yeah. like that, you slide the piece of paper between the cars, yeah. you then fold it and unfold it according to the origami instructions, Yeah. Using technology, hitherto unknown outside of Star Trek, yeah. you enter wormhole things, right. and that creates space into which you can park your car. So your idea involves the teleporter existing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still want a car? <laughs> I, I'm a classic motor enthusiast. <laughs> What's going to happen, Matthew, is we're going to hear a selection of ideas. Uh, we'll find out which of them you think are truly genius, uh, and then I'll want to know which are your two favourites. OK. We'll then ask the audience to vote, and the most genius idea of the night will win for its creator the coveted Genius Trophy. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Our first contender has appeared on the show before, where his idea, perforated bread, went on to win the coveted genius trophy. So we know he is currently a genius. Let's see if he's about to throw it all away. <laughs> From Starbridge, Mr John Morris. Dear genius, everybody has heard of shower caps. 
Something you wear to keep your hair dry when showering. Well, what if, when you go in the shower, you want to keep everything else dry apart from your hair? <laughs> My genius idea is for a shower coat. <laughs> Imagine a situation. You've got dressed up in all your finery and suddenly realise that your hair is dirty. <laughs> You're already late and don't have the time to undress and shower. No problem. Just pop on the shower coat, get in the shower, wash your hair and go. In what way is this not just a coat? Uh, well, perhaps if I was to show you my blueprint... I think you are the first person to turn up with a blueprint. Oh, right. If, if I'm, I may sort of point out, there are four key features to the shower coat. <laughs> They are numbered on, on the blueprint. The first feature is uh, a number of fastening devices which I've cleverly placed at the front of the garment <laughs> to ease the access to it uh, and, and the removal of it after use. Yeah. John, uh, I, I'm interested in all four of the key features. At the same time, I'm standing on a stage holding a large drawing of a coat. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is essentially a Macintosh. Feature number two, uh, at the, the neck and at the cuffs, there is an um, adjustable fastening device. Uh, by pulling on this device, you can tighten the, uh, the ends of the sleeves and the neck to the thickness of the wearer's wrists and neck, and so ensure the waterproof integrity of the garment. <laughs> Drawstrings, kind of. <laughs> I'm looking at this drawing, which, I'll repeat, looks very much like a Macintosh. <laughs> I'm imagining that in a shower, I'm seeing a wet shoe scenario. Ah, well, there is actually, uh, not on the, the diagram, I admit, there, there is a, a pair of matching booties which you could slide over your footwear <laughs> that would keep your, your lower legs and, and feet dry. So it's actually a kind of coat and galoshes. <laughs> it's a similar concept, but only an idiot would go in the shower wearing galoshes, wouldn't they, really? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other features? What about these other features? Then? Right, um, yeah, feature number three, as you can see, there are the two large rectangular receptacles. Uh, where, where, the, where, where most other coats have pockets, those receptacles. Yes, the, yes the, well, yeah. there's a similar concept to the, yeah. to the pocket, yes. Uh, but these receptacles are designed to hold the bare essentials that you need in the shower, like your bottles of shampoo, your bottles of air conditioner, and perhaps even a rubber ducky or something. <laughs> And then feature number four, and, and one I'm particularly proud of, it's uh, quite a unique feature. Located above each of the receptacles is a small flap. <laughs> uh, by deploying the flap over the top of the receptacle, you make the receptacle waterproof, which means you can now take things into the shower that you'd like to keep dry. Such as... Mobile phone. Mobile oh, phone, yes. a, a small book, perhaps a cheese sandwich, you know, things of this nature. I'm very interested in, in new technology, and there are a range of space-age materials that would be available for a design like this. Are you interested in breathable fabrics? Yeah, I didn't know fabric could breathe, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I do get bed hair occasionally, which is the one situation I can imagine this occurring in, where I'm about to leave the house, I look in the mirror, it's obvious I slept on that side, and even at barely just more than a crew cut, a little bit sticks up. 
and I have taken my shirt off, put my head in the shower and, and nipped out again, so I can sort you of see, see the see? use for it. But I still don't understand why it's not just a coat! <laughs> <laughs> but this is when you were in the shower. <laughs> I'm just going to have to ask, and I think I know which way it's going. Uh, Matthew. <laughs> the shower coat. It's genius. Congratulations, John. You're still a genius. Now, let's see if we can head for what I would like to think of as more rational ground with our next idea, which comes from David Bateman of Liverpool. Dear genius, my idea is to make the Isle of Wight symmetrical. <laughs> <laughs> the Isle of Wight is already very nearly symmetrical from east to west anyway, so we will simply perfect this symmetry. This exciting and forward-looking project will give an immense boost to the tourist industry at a surprisingly small cost, and with the destruction of only one major town. <laughs> Fentnor. <laughs> OK, um... <laughs> you know, the weird thing is, this is actually making more sense to me than the shower coat. Um... Uh, you say, not very expensive. Uh, no, no, because uh, the thing is that the Isle of Wight has got an immense advantage over most other islands in the world in that it's pretty nearly a diamond shape already, so very little work, really. Any idea what it would cost? Well, um, compared with the cost of making other islands symmetrical, it would be incredibly cheap. <laughs> I like your thinking. We've got... I mean, I've been in the attic and I've got my maps of oh, the Isle of right. Wight. It is nearly out. symmetrical. There is a sort of symmetry. It's sort of like the Batman logo. But it actually, if you fold it over... You see, you, I mean, you're right, you would have to lose Ventnor there. But yeah. actually, to achieve perfect symmetry, you've got to lose part of Ride. And also, ride you've, go, got, you've got to lose a bit of this end as well. Uh, no, 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 no. You're working on a mistaken basis here as, as regards what we're doing with the uh, western end of the island. Uh, uh, <laughs> now, it's true... Uh, if... <laughs> It's true that uh, the eastern end of the island, the right-hand end, does stick out less than the um, left-hand end. But what we're going to do is not cut off the left-hand end. We're going to add on to the right-hand end... Oh, I like it. ..with the landmass that we've removed... Uh, well, Ventnor. With Ventnor, essentially. <laughs> nice. So it is quite simple, you see. You're right. It is quite simple to chop a huge amount of land off. <laughs> Tow it mysteriously round the corner. But, but, you see, sailing races, never understood them. Go out in a boat, sail meaninglessly around, come back to harbour. Now, at cows, they can take bucketfuls of Ventnor <laughs> and as they go round, chuck them overboard at Benbridge and your job will eventually be complete. Do you know, I, I just think it might be trickier than you think to make things symmetrical. Anyone who's ever trimmed sideburns will appreciate this. You, <laughs> you sort of take a bit off that one and you look in the mirror and go, oh, no, now that one needs to go. And, and before you know it, you've got nothing. You can just see the other white being sort of chiselled away to naught. Uh, the aim is not to just make a straight line of the whole coast. I don't want to make the coastline boring or anything. Um, like the Isle of Wight has got a lot of uh, wiggly bits of coastline with headlands and coves and stuff, which are good for wildlife and things. And uh, uh, the key thing is to actually do a proper ecological and aesthetic survey uh, to sort out which are the best and most popular wiggly bits on the coastline and then choose those on both sides of the island and then we'll duplicate those on the other side of the island as well. Are you talking about, like, perfect symmetry within it as well? I mean, are only identical twins going to be allowed to live there? 
Yes, yeah, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> no, of course not. Uh, uh, we're just talking out the coastline here. Yeah. We've tried our hardest to, to take this idea to the world and see what they think of it. We've approached the Isle of Wight Tourist Board. Uh, we spoke to a man called Nigel Smith, who is genuinely the head of tourism for the Isle of Wight. We, we sent him your, your idea. Uh, he sent back an email saying, I note with interest your idea to make the Isle of Wight symmetrical, including the destruction of only one major town, Ventnor. <laughs> Whilst I respect your intention to give a boost to the tourism industry and acknowledge it may have certain advantages with regard to making the island even more perfect than it already is, if I'm totally honest, I have never heard of such a harebrained, contrived set of nonsense. <laughs> and that comes from Nigel Smith, who lives in Ventnor. <laughs> So it, it didn't go down well with, with the tourist board. Well, I, I think we've discussed the idea thoroughly. Uh, Matthew, a symmetrical Isle of Wight, genius or not? I like wonky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The wonkier the better, so I'm afraid not. I'm sorry. There you go, David Bateman. You're not a genius, but thank you for coming all the same. Well, our next idea comes from Jonathan Rooks, who has travelled from Sidcup in Kent. Dear genius, I am divorced from the mother of my two children and they live 90 miles away from me in Basingstoke, which means I spend a lot of time on the motorway. It would be a lot easier and cheaper for me if I could arrange to take someone else's children out in Sidcup <laughs> while someone else took my children out in Basingstoke. That way, I would feel I was fulfilling my role as a father and my children would get a positive influence from a male role model, but I wouldn't have to drive around the M25. <laughs> this could easily be achieved using the power of the internet. You do know this is being broadcast on national radio, don't you? <laughs> I think it'd be rather like a sort of a dating agency. I mean, there are... Oh, really? There are, yeah, really. <laughs> there are a huge number of men in my situation, divorced, separated, long way away from their children, and if we get all of these into a database, then I'm sure you'd be able to match almost exactly. I'd be able to have children, a girl and a boy, same ages, same interests, same educational levels, uh, and I'd take them out and sick up. And what's the difference, really? I, I, I don't want um, to come across as, as cruel, but I think well, I know why you're divorced. <laughs> You have to admit there's a sort of lack of emotion No, 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 it's, it's, the, it's the concern for the children. I'll, I'll give you an example. It's my daughter Caroline's 18th birthday this weekend. Oh, you know her name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's on the sheet. Um, so, so it's Caroline's birthday this weekend, Saturday or Sunday, one of those days. Yeah. Um, and I've got to go to Basingstoke to take her out for a lunch. Now, that's a 180-mile round trip. Mm. Now, wouldn't it be better for the environment... I was just... If I, I, was if just I thinking. took somebody out in Sidcup, some 18-year-old girl, perhaps I took her out for dinner, something <laughs> like... Perhaps a club afterwards. It's, it's green parenting. It, it it's is, green it's green parenting. parenting. Think, think about that motorway, the M25. I don't know if you travel it on a Friday or a Sunday night. It's absolutely chocker, full of cars. Dad's going one way, Dad's taking kids back the other way. Saving all of those carbon emissions. We'll call it Swap Father. Be a Swap Father. <laughs> I thought you could call it undad. 
because yeah. it's sort of like an uncle and sort of like a dad, but mainly because it's not like a dad. <laughs> Safety is paramount. Yes, you but, check the children aren't dangerous. But... but <laughs> you check the box. But I, I, I'm, I'm thinking back to, uh, to my childhood being ferried around in the back of the Allegro that oh, my really? dad drove. We used to stop off at petrol stations and you used to get reward points. And I think that perhaps uh, fathers that, that, that did a particularly good job of rearing other people's kids at the weekends could perhaps get gold stars. And when you get five gold stars, perhaps uh, you can move up to uh, perhaps older children, ones with Saturday jobs that could provide an income. Yes, yes. <laughs> We always have a bunch of sound effects and, and music and things loaded into a box in front of me. I've got buttons I can press. We had a sound effect loaded because we knew we were discussing something to do with a shower. Uh, I never used it because it, it, it just didn't seem appropriate. It suddenly seems quite appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely boggled by the fact that there's two people taking this like it's a good idea. It's... <laughs> I'm still trying to find the floor. This just seems like the most pragmatic solution to a problem I've ever heard. All the time we're told kids are lacking male role models. We're told we need to save the planet. The solution. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> oh, I think I know which way it's going. That's genius. There's your verdict. Our next idea comes from Sam Usher, who in turn comes from Bristol. Dear genius, my idea is for a machine that enables you to travel at one million miles per hour. Simply take one million cars and stack them on top of each other, then set each car to drive at one mile an hour. <laughs> you stand on the top one, set them off, and in one hour's time you'll have reached a distance of one million miles. In just 34 hours you could reach Mars. <laughs> If there's one thing this series has taught me so far, it's to be deeply suspicious of the word simply. <laughs> simply stack a million cars, <laughs> people say. What you need is Volvos, because they look like boxes, so they'll stack up nice and square all the way out the top. You don't want anything French. <laughs> all you need is a tall crane, and you're there. This isn't that far from reality. Everyone understand mathematically how this works. <laughs> Why the top car is meant to be travelling at a, like relative to the Earth, it's travelling at a million miles an hour, isn't yeah. it? Is that the idea? Yeah. In the same way that if I was on a train and I ran up the aisle in the direction the train was going, I'd be travelling at over 100 miles an hour if the train was, plus my own speed. Is that the idea? Yes. Oh, I just thought it was a million times one. <laughs> the average family car can apparently take about two and a half times its own weight. How do you know that? Because well, we've done some research. We get an idea like this, we look in to see whether okay. it's feasible or not. Mind you, also, if you stack a million of them on top of each other, that's about 900 miles. Yeah. Which yeah. means the top one's in space and it's weightless anyway. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus the centrifugal force of the Earth will be making them all go outwards. Centrifugal force. Yeah. Makes them go outwards. You've, you've made it all seem much more realistic. I think what you need either, you need cars which are incrementally smaller than each other yeah. so that the wheels sit on the roof, or you need to attach a length of road to the top of every car <laughs> for them to drive upon. Because if you just put a car on top of another car, the wheels don't gain any purchase. It just it, nothing to grip on. Uh, yes, that's right. So which, which one were you thinking? The incrementally... I was thinking, I was thinking both, actually. <laughs> incrementally smaller, but with a stretch of road on? Yeah, yeah. 
I like your thinking. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we, we, we weren't allowed to try this with real cars, but we, we did put it into a computer programme, and we scaled it up to see what it would be like. And we, we had some real scientists yeah. working on this. And, and What were their names? Their names, John and Steve. OK. Yeah. <laughs> And we, and we just sort of see what it would sound like if, if put through a computer program. Uh, and this is what it apparently sounds like. On the plus side... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I was going to use limousines, because they're longer. Longer, yeah. If we're using limousines, they'll be full of chavs. <laughs> now you've changed your idea from being a really fast car to genocide. Uh, <laughs> we're all much more on side with you now, obviously. <laughs> That's some serious rebranding you're going for there, isn't it? Matthew, I, I turn to you. Decision time. Genius I, I, or not? I'm stuck on the wheels issue for me. It's, it's whether they engage or don't engage. And, and, and I think that because we haven't dealt with that, and you, you haven't dealt with it, or brushed your hair, that I have to say that we, <laughs> we, we just have to knock this side. I mean, it's radio. I mean, you should at least make the effort. So I'm afraid this one fails. Although I will give it more consideration after the show. There you go. Never mind. Thank you. Our next contender hails from Wolverhampton, and he is Mr Paul Savage. Dear genius, I think that national anthems are stuffy, boring and boastful, and that the really bad ones start wars. Therefore, I think that national anthems should list points of shame, like a country's poor record on human rights or adult literacy. <laughs> I have noticed that countries who are successful in sports at the Olympics often top tables in bad things, like carbon emissions, and this would stop them gloating. <laughs> OK, you're suggesting an apologetic, shame-ridden anthem for... Well, certainly for us <laughs> and it's, for everyone else. Yeah, it would, uh, it would kind of be sort of... We've done really well at the running, the jumping, that sort of things, but there's still work to be done. <laughs> Except for Great Britain, where it's largely there's still work to be done on the running, jumping and, <laughs> and the record, obviously. Our national anthem is, is apparently is the first ever national anthem, and then it was copied by loads of other countries. The same tune was, for many years, it was a national anthem of Russia, uh, Germany, Sweden, Switzerland. It's still the national anthem of Liechtenstein. Um, so in 2004, England played Liechtenstein at football, and they played the same anthem twice. <laughs> Do you think it is... You sort of mentioned adult literacy. Do you think it is more modern problems? Yeah, I guess so. I, I can just see problems. I mean, there's not a lot that rhymes with teenage pregnancy for a start. So. <laughs> Financial discrepancy. Nice. <laughs> well. Okay, well, that's fine. Let's let's workshop this then. Okay. Um, we've we've got some some words already. We've got teenage pregnancy, and what was it? Financial, Financial discrepancy. discrepancy. Uh, any other suggestions from the crowd? Modern day ailments. Sorry. Childhood obesity. Who's you have been watching the right stuff, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That's, that's going to scan as well, isn't it? Childhood obesity. 
Okay. Uh, next, any bids for the next line? Taxman's fleecing me. Oh no! <laughs> that applause, people at home, was for a man not on a microphone shouting out "Taxman's fleecing me" and me writing it down. <laughs> next line: We're sorry, world. <laughs> That's kind of the essence of your idea, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's... Chav's hair is always curled. Something about chavs. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got to think of something that rhymes with chavs. How am I bothered, Dad? <laughs> uh, so, childhood obesity, tax man's fleecing me, we're sorry, world. Something about chavs, am I bothered, chavs? We're sorry, world. <laughs> Could you please be upstanding for the new national anthem? Full voice. Paul, is that kind of thing you were after? Uh, yeah, but I quite like a line in before the end. Well, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we missed a line, I acknowledge that. But you still, that's the kind of essence of what you were discussing. Yeah, yeah, it is. OK, well, I think we've, I know, we've sort of talked around it, we've had a go at, at creating one. Matthew, you are tonight's genius. Is Paul Savage a genius or not? I think he has genius tendencies, but I think he may be several neurons short of the full ticket. Not quite there. I'm sorry. There you go. Never mind, Paul. You're not a genius, but we thank you for coming all the same. Thank you very much. From Paul Savage. OK, well, Matthew, we have heard all the ideas, and we know which of them you consider to be genius. Uh, your two favourites were the shower coat from John Morris and the child-swapping scheme <laughs> from Jonathan Rooks. <laughs> Which means I'd like to now invite Jonathan Rooks and John Morris to join me on the stage while we wheel on the sensitive audience reaction device. <laughs> I just need to ask you by applause, ladies and gentlemen, the idea you think is most deserving of a trophy. Is it the shower coat? <laughs> or is it the child swapping scheme? Jonathan, you, you've finally proved you're a genius. Um, how does that feel? Well, I, I'm very, very, very proud. I can't wait to show this fantastic trophy to my new swapped children. I, I, I think they will be amazed. They'll be so proud of their swapped father. Tonight's top genius, ladies and gentlemen. We thank Jonathan for gracing us with such a genius idea. I'd also like to thank Matthew Wright for being a genius guest. Everyone who pitched their ideas this evening, genius or not, and of course you for listening. But we have time for just a few suggestions from tonight's audience, which include the Brian Harvey wall banger, <laughs> <laughs> making London's tube trains pay the congestion charge, <laughs> and fake peeling skin to make fake tan more realistic. <laughs> Good night. 
Genius was hosted by Dave Gorman with special guest Matthew Wright. It was devised by Ali Crockett and David Scott. The producer was Simon Nichols, and I, Jonathan Rooks, was tonight's top genius.